0: in my in my stack of missionary letters was a letter from Sam Varghese he's a missionary with this church has probably supported 30 years I imagine he's been on the field about 40 years so I'm sure this church is supported him me know Sam Varghese yeah. look at it he's a senior missionary to say the least i think the last time i we had a missions month here one time and i was in a class and and the uh, we did a that was before zoom so we couldn't see him but we talked to him on a Telephone call or something, and I remember him weeping <coughs> over the great uh, persecution. He's in India he's in he's not, he's not just in India, but he's in the northeast northeast part of India, which is close to Pakistan, which is the Hindu. Uh, persecution capital of India and uh, they've burned a lot of churches and burned some people and uh, but anyway Brother Varghese had had an attachment on his little attachment on his letter about praying for missionaries and it got a hold of my heart, and I'm praying that it'll get a hold of your heart, brother. Brother uh, Mark, we do have a a uh, for for a change. We've got a picture of my message here. All right. <laughs> I, I don't get to do that very often, but I did. <laughs> He t- he said he opens it up with this statement. He said looking at world events I sometimes think we are in the terminal generation. We may be entering into the last decade of this age. He's talking about the church age. That's a pretty that's a pretty uh astounding statement, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But it's you know, we're always talking about the condition of the times and how that we had to get the expert on on this thing before it be right. And so what I'm gonna do is preach his message. I've got his outline and and uh and I tried to make it my outline. I've restudied it about three times. I, I tell these preacher boys that it's not plagiarism if you take the bones of an outline and put your stuff in it. But I can't get past some of the things he said in here. Uh, he said, we hear a lot about world evangelization By the so-called evangelical world, the TV preachers and the parachurch organizations in the midst of a hectic missionary conferences, missionary activities, it's possible to forget the most important work of missions, and that's prayer. I wanted to start with this, I'm starting with this. Uh, Matthew chapter 9, you know this passage. I'm going to begin reading in verse 35. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. They fainted because they were powerless, they were scattered because they were aimless, and they were hopeless because they had no shepherd. That's the condition of a that's the condition of Fort Worth, Texas. That's the condition of Lake Worth. That's the condition of Saginaw, Azel, wherever you're living, that's the condition. Think about it. Powerless, aimless. I mean, people are hooked on drugs, they're hooked on alcohol, all kinds of things, trying to find an answer, but they're aimless. They have no they, when it's all said and done, there's no hope there. There's nothing but misery and heartache and sorrows. And the whole problem is listed in one word. They have no shepherd. Greatest, greatest psalm of all said, The Lord is my shepherd. I was reading a text this morning, David compared God to a stone, he's the the immovable one, He's he's always I am, he was I am in the creation, he was I am in Abraham's day, he was I am under the law, he's I am in Paul's day and the birthing of the church and the organization of the church and the 2,000 years of soul winning in the church, he still I am. But when we get to heaven, he'll still be I. See, he never changes. He always loves sinners. He always cares for lost sinners. He was moved. Here's the Son of God who has been in the in involved in it all he's the third part of the of the godhead he's a he, he is a he is jehovah he's the i am and he was he is moved with compassion on the conditions we live in these conditions ourselves but we're not moved very often are we i i think i got the overload of the mission letters this week and everybody's in trouble and everybody's hurting and everybody needs help. And here's the answer he gives. He said, he said unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. He did not say pray for more missionaries. He didn't say that. He didn't say pray that King Tut over there somewhere will unlock the door and let a missionary get in. But what he said is pray the Lord of the harvest that he'll send forth laborers into his harvest. Now, Brother Varghese calls this missionary praying, I call it Christian service praying because everything that applies to a missionary in Africa can happen right here. And every lonesome moment in Christian service can happen right here in this church. So, I think we I think we, you know, when when we say missionary praying and missionary prayer, we automatically go to some foreign field somewhere and that's who we're praying for, right? Well, that's not where the missions come from. Missions come from this place right here. It's our hearts that must be moved. It's our our uh, look. Look, he said, He makes a statement. He commanded his disciples, his disciples to pray. Therefore, before he commissioned the go. Therefore, over in, over in. Now, in our Sunday School class, we've been looking at these words. What's the therefore, therefore? Well, in, the, in Matthew chapter 9, the therefore is there because of the great need in the world. But when you get to Matthew uh, 28, <clears throat> Jesus, verse 18, Jesus came... And spake unto them, saying, "All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth." Stop right there. Nobody else could ever make that statement before or since. He has that. He has all the power in heaven, and he has all the power on earth. He can heal that little girl's cancer, like that. He can do whatever he needs to do with that lawsuit over there about the church just as soon as he wants to. But we go through all these things, you know. I've, I've, been, I've been, I, It keeps coming up in my study, and I've been putting off trying to figure out how to preach it, but we all have trials. We all have heartaches. We all have disappointments. We all have burdens. Job was the most righteous man on the earth when God said, you can have him. You can go so far, but devil, you can have him. You understand this? You can be an independent fundamental Baptist, baptized till you look like a prune and and know that Bible backwards and forward and still have trouble in your life. Part of our trouble is the process of development and growth to become what God wants us to be. I mean, when Paul said that I've been I've been beaten how many times? 195 stripes, two hundred uh th- five times I think it is. Five times thirty nine, right? Yeah. And uh, and, uh, and left for dead and stoned and dr- a night and a day. You know what all that was about? God was making the greatest preacher since Jesus. The, the Bible writer. He's, John said we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. I got good news for you. This New Testament is written by eyewitnesses of Jesus, but they had to do some suffering to get there. They had to. He said, "If if they've hated me, I'm the master. What do you think's going to happen to you?" Yeah. So, so it's not all pie in the sky by and by. It's, there's a there's a rough road to travel right. in service. But he said, I've got all power. So, go ye therefore. Go ye what for? Because I've got all power. You can go in my power. And you can teach in my power. And you can baptize in my power. And you can reach all nations in my power. That's the therefore. But before he said, go in my power, he said, pray the Lord of the harvest. And so, Bargees says, everyone knows that missions are born in prayer. It's right up here somewhere. But if they're not run in prayer... We'll end in flesh what began in the Spirit. We can see the results of that all around us. We can see the, you know, I, during this pastor search, we've turned over some rocks that I'd forgot about. And I, I was thinking about this the other day those places where the great preachers used to be are empty holes full of imitators, agitators, and rotten <laughs> I mean, there's, that, over there where the great preachers were, what's happened to them? Well, what was beginning in the Spirit, somebody forgot to pray and it turned into a flesh work. It can happen here. I was blessed in my heart this week. I got to talk to a couple of men that talked about this church. And one of them said, I just remember all the great work that has went on out of that church and I have a great respect for that church. The other one said, I'm expecting he said, I've been watching services and hearing reports and he said, I'm expecting something great to happen at Metropolitan Baptist Church. Well, it'll only happen if we can get prayed up and and preach up. So So define the missionaries. How many missionaries we support, Mark? Seventy-eight. We support seventy-eight, quote, missionaries. How many missionaries, though? A lot more than seventy-eight. How many, brother? All of us. That's exactly what we're called for. We're all missionaries.
1: Missionary or mission field. Huh? You're either a missionary or a mission field.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I heard about the usher that was taking up the mission offering, and he got down to a guy, and that guy just sat there with his arms folded. He put that pan out in front of him again. He shook his head or something. Finally, the usher said, well, take some out then. It's, we're gathering it up for the heathens. <laughs> you see, we're either missionaries or mission fields. <laughs> so, let's go over to Romans chapter number 10 now. He says, what is a missionary prayer? And and then he says it's de- it's defined in Romans chapter ten. I love this. In Romans chapter ten, verse thirteen, said, "Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved." You understand this? Yes. You cannot be too wicked to to get to to forfeit your salvation. It doesn't matter how deep you've sunk. Doesn't matter how bad you are. Doesn't matter. What you've done, the verse said, Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's a powerful, powerful verse. Uh, Brother Varghese said there are five groups of people in these verses. He says, "Whosoever, Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe on in him of whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. So he says there's five people. There's the senders, the goers, the hearers, the believers, and the worshipers. Every one of us fall into one of those groups. As I was trying to define those five people, it dawned on me that if you turn it around backwards, it makes more sense. I mean, look at verse 15. How shall they preach except they be sent? He did say that it starts with the senders. So, verse 15 defines the sender. They've got to be sent. It's preachers who are sent. You Understand this, it's not preachers who stand behind a pulpit, but it's preachers who are sent. And every one of us are sent. You can go over to Acts chapter 4, 3, 4, 5, along in there. Peter's going to say over and over again, we are called to be witnesses of him. Our job is to be a witness of him. It doesn't matter if you're a dishwasher, a cook, a barbecuer, or a welder, or a carpenter, or a stenographer, or a computer operator, whatever you are, you are a missionary to a field and you're sent to that field with the the gospel." The sent. Then he says those sent must be, must preach. That's the goer. There's the senders and the goers. The church is the sender. The goers are the members of the church, right? There's somebody you can witness to that nobody else in this room can witness to. There's somebody that'll listen to your testimony and they wouldn't listen to the preacher or the best preacher in town. So if anybody's ever going to preach to them, you're going to have to do it. If you want to see an example of that, you look at Peter, who denied Christ and cursed and threw down everything and then went out and wept bitterly And the next thing you see is him preaching on Acts chapter 2 on Pentecost and 3,000 being saved that day. God can use anybody who will make himself available to him. In the eyes of the world, uh, Peter had disqualified himself. I'm sure there's some of those 120 disciples thought, what are you doing up there preaching? Who you think you are? Well, I'll tell you what I say many times. I'm a nobody from nowhere. Doesn't matter what I do. We'll get to that in a minute. So here's the, here's the preacher who's the goer. Don't you love it? I had a guy call me and he said, I saw you. I saw all those uh, young people sitting out there in that congregation Sunday morning. Well, it looked like a multicultural. I mean, it's a meeting of the cultures. That's right. But you know what? Somebody went to them. Right. Somebody cared about them and went to them. Yeah. And somebody preached to them. And some of them heard. Yeah. So the third thing. How shall they hear? That's in verse 14. How shall they hear without a preacher? We're still going backwards through these scriptures. So in 14, is 15 gives you the sender and the goer, and then uh, 14 gives you the, the hearer, and then there's the believer. How shall they believe in him and whom they have not heard? There's one thing that's dead certain. Romans 10, 17 says that, uh, Hebrews 11, 6 says, Without faith it's impossible to please God. He that cometh unto him must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that sent him. 10, 17 says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Yep. you got to hear it. Yep. Right. Somebody's got, got to tell it if you hear it. That's the reason he said how beautiful are the feet of them who are the preachers uh, and bring glad tidings of good things. You know the definition of that word gospel. The good news. Mm -hmm. The glad tidings. Bring, Bring glad tidings of good things. And then finally, so there's the sender, the goer, the hearer, the believer in those two verses. And then you get to chapter 13 or verse 13, "And whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's the worshiper. You can't worship till you call on him. Remember, remember that prayer life of Jesus? He said, "When you pray, say our Father." If you can't say our Father, you can't worship. He that wor- he, John chapter four, I believe it is. Let me just go over while I'm here. John chapter four says, "But the hour cometh." I'm in twenty-three. But the hour cometh, and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the father in spirit and in truth for the father seeketh such to worship him why'd you get saved well we we on our side we say we got saved to go to heaven on his side god said i saved you so you could worship So you could worship. So you could bring glory to me. Well, that's we beat that to death, didn't we? Look at this statement in verse. In uh, can you go back up to the cinders? Strictly speaking, I'm in number one. Strictly speaking, it's the Lord's harvest who sends forth the laborers. Think about it. One day we were that. We, were, one day the seed was planted, and we. Got a hold. We were that good ground that received the word of God, and and it took root. I mean, how I think about all my buddies and the people I went to church with. I I was saved as a twelve-year-old boy, and I think about all that crowd. I had a cousin that was killed in a car wreck when we were about he was a little older than me and he was about 25. I was about 22 or three years old maybe. And uh, I remember that he made a profession about the time I made mine. He was a tough guy. I remember going into the, this is just a memory of a boy in church, but I remember going into the bathroom and he he had a another kid's arm up behind him, pushing him up against the wall. And I said, Galen, what are you doing? He said, I'm trying to win this boy to the Lord. (laughs) What he was saying is get saved or else. (laughs) But I've often wondered, there wasn't ever much fruit in his life. I remember when he made the profession, I've often wondered if he was saved when he had that car wreck. You know anybody like that? It would behoove us to just give, give him a little more seed, wouldn't it? Just give him another drop or two of the gospel, see, see, see what we if we could find any good ground. He said, "It's the Lord's harvest that sends forth the laborers." It's hey, look around us. I've, sometimes seventy-six missionaries, he said, or seventy-eight or something. Think about this. That affects every corner of this world. Did you ever think that you that you could be effective over there, over there, over there, over there? Yeah. Do you ever think of that you could do, do anything that anybody over there could respond to. I mean, you could be a FBI or a, or a hundred other things, a senator, a congressman, or even a president and not affect them eternally. But we, we're we a bunch of nobodies. All we are is sinners saved by grace. Amen. But somehow the love of God brought us into the harvest. And when they when they you know, there in Psalm 126 it says, Go he that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, will doubtless come again and bringing his sheaves with him. Some of y'all don't know what sheaves are, but I do. Yeah. When I was a boy they cut that cut that feed into bundles cut it, bundled it, left it in, and they would hire us as teenagers to go out there and stack those bundles into shocks. Somebody would come by later and take them to the barn, and my granddad had a big old John Deere tractor with a wheel that big on it and a flat belt on it, and he had a hammer mill You'd take that whole bundle and drive it down through that hammer mill and it would chop it all up into cow feed and the cows could eat it. That was us. He said that the sower went forth and sowed and there was some fell on the stony ground and some fell on the over there. The birds picked it up and carried it away but there was a certain part of that seed that fell on the good ground. Oh, I'm thankful for that preacher that sowed and sowed and sowed. I'm thankful for them old people that kept sowing into my heart. And I don't know which one of them gets the credit, but it was God that gave the increase. I do know when he took over. I do know that. I knew when the when that seed that was sown, those, those, uh, those ordinary old church members that they have no claim to fame, but they put that seed in and they put that seed in and they put that seed. And one day God brought it all to bear. And, the, and that verse in Matthew chapter 13 says, some come forth, 20 fold or 30-fold and some 40-fold and some 100-fold. So that missionary over there, over there, over there, we have a part of their 100-fold or 34-fold or whatever God's Amen. doing with them, but it's God doing it. Amen. And we got part of that. I don't know where I'm at now. <laughs> Uh, Acts chapter 13 I love this chapter I love you, you know when you get about 11 or 12 in Acts from then to the end of the Acts boy it gets so good <laughs> this is the missionary chapter right here this is the first God call. And God sent missionaries that are sent out. Look at them. I got a ver- down in uh, verse three. Look at verse two. They're at Antioch, and there's a church at Antioch. Paul and Barnabas have planted that church there. Remember, Barnabas started it. He needed help, and he thought about. Paul and he went and got Paul, and Paul came into the ministry right here. He'd been over on the backside of the desert for a period of time. Now he came full of the gospel. You know, you teachers know this. Sometimes God just—I mean, this message—he he sent it out as a prayer letter. When I received it, it was a message from God. He—I don't—I doubt if he didn't. He, he wouldn't have any, I don't know if he'd be too proud of me preaching that outline for him or not. But but look at it. As they, Verse 2, as they ministered, that is, as they served. They had to be humble enough to get their hands dirty. You know, think about it. He said, pray the Lord of the harvest that he'd send forth laborers into the harvest. When I was a 15-year-old boy, my dad signed a waiver, a release that allowed me to go to work in the oil field as a laborer. I didn't know anything. Couldn't hardly get my shoes on right, but, but I went out there and they paid me a wage as a laborer. You don't have to know anything to be a laborer. All you got to do is be willing to listen to the boss and do what the boss says. We do have a boss. He has told us what how it's to be done. He's not asking us to direct the harvest. He's just asking us to do the work of the harvest. That's the labor. So they came. They're down there in Antioch. There's a revival. Revival going on in Antioch as they ministered to the Lord and fasted while they were serving here's what Varghese says they fasted and prayed before they laid their their hands on the missionaries they realized that the missionaries were soldiers in a battlefield and they would need to Jesus said all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth and you can go therefore you can go in my power you go without my power you're going to be a failure you go without my power you wind up in a some kind of a war or something but in my power you can be victorious he says They fasted and prayed before they laid on hands. They realized that the missionaries were soldiers and fasting prayer was an open acknowledgement that the battle couldn't be won but by the might and power of the Holy Spirit. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me. Barnabas and Saul, for the work wherein into I've called them, and when they had fasted and prayed, and laid their hands, see, there was no pri- power in their hands. The power is in the fasting and prayer. The power is the Lord's. They f- they laid hands on them under the direction of the Lord, and the, and the I used to puzzle over this. Down in uh, verse 3 it said, They laid hands on them and they sent them away. So they being sent forth by the Holy Ghost. I I struggle with those two phrases, Bruce. They, They sent them away, but then it says they were sent by the Holy Spirit. Well, if you read the verses... The church was only doing what the Holy Spirit was directing. So when they sent them, they were that that mission board over somewhere, stuff church, sitting in the back room, deciding what we're going to do with that bunch of missionaries out there that's under our jurisdiction. You can't figure it out by business principles. You can't. It'll take the power of God if we get it done. And so they sent them. What, what does he mean, the Lord's harvest? Sinners saved by grace. That's all. But full of the Holy Spirit. And now under the leadership and power of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. We can send them and we can see a harvest only as we as laborers let him work through us. That's what he's saying. That's what mission pray is all about. So he's going to say uh, down here he said there are soldiers in a battle and over in Philippians Uh, uh, chapter 4 Paul said in verse 15 I'm not going there but Paul said in verse 15 there was a time in my ministry when no one no one communicated with me but you." you that Philippian church nobody else no other church nobody he had no communication but from one place he's talking about their their ties, or mission, money, and 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 the encouragement, their presence, of their encouragement. I don't know. I don't know Larry Morgan's condition tonight. But I just wanted us to be the the siphon that could put a little hope in that situation, a little joy, a little peace, a little comfort. Those two missionaries have been on the field about as long as I've been preaching. And they're getting old, and I know they're getting weary. They have fought a good fight. But this fight here, Can pull your heart out. They need something from God. They need something that only comes by prayer. In reality, every missionary we know needs our prayers. They can't make it without our prayers. And we are the Lord's harvest. We're the sinners saved by grace. And it behooves us to pray. Well, we got the senders took care of. We'll get the other four. I knew we wasn't going to get done. I told you it wasn't. This is going to be good. I, Sarah and I was talking about it this afternoon. We both got so excited. We was about ready to shout it. Just getting, getting ready for this message. Hey, this is not a Johnny-come-lately that put this together. He's been there and done it. He knows, I I remember him weeping. That night that we called him, they had him on the phone. He was on the, you remember that, Susie? He broke. He had a son and daughter-in-law, a daughter and a son-in-law over in one of those cities. They were under attack. And he broke. And that old man of God wept, broken hearted, begging us to pray, begging us to pray for that harvest that he was in. We need to pray for one another, don't we? Well, next week we'll talk about who we need to pray for. Anybody have anything you want to say? Yes, sir. Amen. Bless you, Jose. Amen. I'm glad y'all are here. It's a blessing for y'all to be here with us. Amen. Yes, Brother Bruce, would you lead us?
1: Our Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight. We ask that you would now bless uh, this message that you've given, as the Holy Spirit takes it and puts it into our hearts, may it be planted, may it be meditated upon, may it impact our thinking, but also our actions as we pray, Father. May our prayer be directed, be focused in the area that you've asked us to do, that is to pray the Lord of the harvest and forth laborers. And Father, we need to see more laborers in this we're concerned about the lack of laborers. And we know that we can't do anything about it because it's not us that makes that decision. It's you, Father. We put it in your hands. We thank you for our church and uh, the way that you have used it, but we are not happy with what you've done. We want to see more, Father. We want to see even greater things. We pray that you bless. Thank you for Brother Hudson as he has been guiding us during this time of uh, transition from a new pastor. Help him to have the wisdom as he makes the living decisions for us. And thank you, Father, for giving him to us. Give him strength during this time. Bless us as we go to our homes. Bless me as I'll be making a trip next Sunday to Mexico and be with the brethren down there for a week and that you might be free honor and glory. We pray all in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you. (laughs) Thankful that you're here. Thankful that Jose, Angel, Vanessa, Priscilla made it our way.